Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, Steeler fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Pittsburgh Steelers Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon White. Shannon, how you doing, man? Did you uh, catch the Super Bowl last night? Yeah, I watched it all. It was a, uh, you know, we was talking a little bit before the show. It was a very well played game, uh, an exciting game between the two best teams, I believe, in each conference. And so it it was exciting overtime game. Uh, so I, I enjoyed the game itself. Uh, even though I what didn't really care that much about who won or not. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. I mean, I I, I sort of cared a little bit. Uh, I didn't, you know, in my opinion, it would probably been best if they tied, but that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I was kind of pulling for the Niners in this one. I know that they would tie the Steelers and Super Bowls and things like that. But my my uh, feelings on that, like if, if another team were to catch up to the Steelers or surpass the Steelers is, well, the Steelers need to go out and get another one. Then they can, you know, yeah. then they'll be ahead again. So that's kind of how I feel. So, you know, looking at that game, um, you know, I was just, I was a little disappointed in the ending. I thought that the uh, the Niners kind of gave that game away, but it, like you said, it was very well played. And we'll get into some of the details of that game and how it affects the, or how it reflects with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we do, let's talk about a little bit of breaking news that's just kind of coming out. It appears that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Mitch Trubisky have decided to part ways. Um, this coming from Mike Garofalo, the Steelers and quarterback Mitchell Trubisky have decided to mutually part ways. Sources say 
Uh, the side spoke to assess the situation, and Trubisky 29 gets a fresh start over a month ahead of the start of the league year and free agency. What do you think about the move? I know that was something that a lot of a lot of people were anticipating. You know, day after the Super Bowl, are are you surprised it's so quick? I think it's the right decision. I think it's it's the Steelers are just class, and I believe that when you know they relieved Trubisky of his duties after those two debacle games he played, uh, I believe it was evident that the Steelers and Tomlin were done with Trubisky. And so by doing this now, it gives him more time to prepare. Uh, Teams could include him uh, in their uh, guys that they're going after this offseason. And it's best for both teams because the Steelers, when they need to talk about what this quarterback room is going to look like, there was no doubt that Trubisky was not going to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The only the only surprising thing about it to me is, well, now at this point, you, you only have Kenny Pickett on the roster mm-hmm. as far as your quarterback going into 2024. You know, I felt that the Pittsburgh Steelers probably aren't going weren't going to release Trubisky. I think they only saved uh, just shy of three million dollars. And I thought they were going to hold on to him in case, you know, the Steelers ended up not getting you know, or re-signing a, a, you know, a Mason Rudolph or, or getting one of these other quarterbacks to compete with, with Kenny Pickett, you have that, you know, sort of uh, fallback with Mitch Trubisky. So the fact that they did this now, do you think that maybe perhaps they've, uh, you know, they're coming close on a decision that, you know, who they want as their quarterback to compete with Kenny Pickett? Well, there's going to be a new quarterback room one way or the other. Just getting rid of Trubisky now is, one way is to clear the room and let everybody know your attentions and do the best thing for Mitch Trubisky, who mm-hmm. was a quality citizen, uh, individual, and he was a good stiller in the locker room and, and with the other quarterbacks, he just, he just not the answer. Mm-hmm. And so the stillers, uh, they're just fully committed to rebuilding this quarterback room. Um, I think there's multiple options ways they're going to go, but I think you're going to see for sure a veteran and probably a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the the draft pick is probably going to be happening depending on who they bring in. Well, let's go back to the draft pick. Do you think that draft pick is happening day one, day two? Is this a early, early uh, draft pick or is this a later draft pick that they can develop? Oh, I think it, it's definitely going to be a mid to late round draft pick. Um, they again, they have so much, so many needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we, if you watch the Super Bowl and you watch both teams, and then you look at the Steelers, you can't think in any realm of reality that the Steelers are close to that level. To be to be able to compete on that level, they're going to have to build both sides of the ball. Uh, they're going to have to strengthen their roster. And then they might can compete on a level like the Niners did if they can find a quarterback as good as Brock Purdy. I mean, you got to give Brock Purdy credit. He played a clean game. He's not spectacular. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But he is a uh, efficient, functional NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Teams have won Super Bowls with quarterbacks less than Brock Purdy. 
And, you know, Mahomes just did a great final drive to win that game. And, of course, the the mishap on the punt return, uh, that was the biggest play of the game because that totally flipped the script. And, and then, actually, though, the game got better after that point because it was much more competitive. And uh, I actually enjoyed the game after the mishap. So, but yeah, <laughs> the Steelers uh, got a hopefully got a lesson and a, a touch of reality about how far they still are away from competing for a Super Bowl title. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you look at both teams that were out there, both of those teams were complete teams. You know, they had an <clears throat> offense and a defense to complement their offense. And I think that's been something that's been missing from the Steelers. You know, uh, for the last few years, it's been the offensive side that has been, you know, kind of dragging along and, and the defense dragging them, you know, with them, you know, late in Daniel, the season. We got we to gotta say amen to that. <clears throat> all the coaching staff isn't up to that level. Oh, that's true. That that, that's but, true. that was incredible, the, the difference. Uh, mm-hmm. The adjustments made the throughout the game, not just at halftime. It, it was uh, – you know, you have to give credit where credit's due. Those were two quality franchises that played last night. 100%. You know, you had the, the defenses, you had the offense. And like the uh, uh, Ted said right there, you also have, you know, the coaching staff to go along yeah. with it. And, you know, even though it was a low-scoring game for the most part up until, you know, probably towards the end and, you know, went into overtime and took the entire overtime session for two drives. Yeah. Um, or the entire overtime quarter, I felt that it was a very entertaining game. I liked it. I liked the fact that it was, you know, back and forth. Um, You know, I thought that when the, uh, you know, in the first drive for the 49ers, they're getting down there and then they fumble the ball and then, you know, the Chiefs end up getting the ball. I thought that was going to be something that was going to turn the game around, right? And it was going to be completely Kansas City. But, no, you know, the, the 49ers stuck down. You know, I think one of the biggest, you know, things that affected the game as well is I can't remember the name of the, of the linebacker off the top of my head, but number 57, uh, I think he popped an Achilles there trying to get onto the field. And yeah, I Jerry th- uh, um, Greenlaw. Yes. That was a huge play. I mean, it was just such a freak accident when it happened. We, at first he kind of chuckled and he tripped over his own feet. He was so excited, but then you realize the, the reason he fell was he blew his Achilles. Yeah, and for a young man who's undersized, who you know that hit he had there in the first quarter, he put a wall. I mean, he he brings the pain, and he he's so explosive in a short area, and he, so when he hits, he really puts everything into it. That's concerning for me because I think he's Pro Bowl level player, mm-hmm. but you tear an Achilles, and that's the position that you play. It's one thing to be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a player, you know, but if you are an a undersized player who relies on your explosiveness, that Achilles injury could be killer moving forward in his career. Hopefully it's not. They've come a long ways now, but still it concerns me for the young man. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I, you know, I saw it happen when he, you know, ran off the, the sideline. I know they were calling it a lower leg injury early on. And I could tell what it was because yeah, I myself yeah. have had the Achilles rupture. And I was like, yeah, that guy's down. And then it, for it to happen this late in the season, um, you're, you're probably looking at him being back sometime midseason at best. Yep, y- yep. You know, 
Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, was able to come back, but he plays a different position. And he's not trying to tackle people and use that explosiveness like you mentioned. And so for him, you know, it's probably going to take almost close to that, you know, nine to ten months, maybe a year uh, to come back. And Because you don't want to rush it. I don't know. Because that's the worst thing he could do was rush it and then re-injure it. So, uh, and like I said, Aaron Rodgers, he supposedly could have played, but he never actually came back. Uh, that's an injury you cannot rush. And I think it would probably behoove him to miss a whole year uh, to actually make sure that he gets all his – he maintains his mobility and his explosiveness. And it's also going to affect the Steelers. And you say, how is it going to affect the Steelers? Well, Owen Burks is their backup inside linebacker. And he's the guy that I thought the Steelers could maybe target in free agency because the mm. Niners have some interesting decisions to make. They've got a lot of talented free agents that the Steelers will be looking at and other teams. And they can't afford everybody. That's a problem when you have that many superstars. Uh, so now they're probably – the Niners are going to look at Owen Burks and be like, we need to keep him because Greenlaw is going to miss most of the season. So it was bad all the way around. I did not want to see Greenlaw get hurt last night for sure. Oh, yeah. it was. I think that was a big turning point as well. You know, I think the defense kind of had – you know, they they, they kind of had the number of, of Kansas City. You know, they were really struggling. And then after that, yep. you know, they kind of started to figure things out and started getting going. What do you think about that uh, that decision in overtime and, and the overtime rules in general? You, you know, in, in the playoffs, it's, you know, both teams are going to have a possession no matter what. Um, and so now it's not up to a coin toss. Now, a lot of folks have said, hey, you know, you're probably going to want to kick in, the, in that situation that way. You know what you, you know, are up against. If you have to kick a field goal, or if you have to go for it on fourth down, so you don't want to be in a situation where mm-hmm. you're like the 49ers last night, where they're in the, you know, in the red zone, you know, fourth and four, and they're and they're having to go for a, for a field goal, and that's in that point, which ended up being, what ended up losing the game because the Kansas City Chiefs go down and score a touchdown. So, what are your thoughts on the overtime rules and and the decision to to get the ball or receive the ball for uh, the 49ers? Well, you know, that's the first time that's ever come into play. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was 20. Uh, the playoff rules are different. And that you, even if you go down to score a touchdown, the other team gets a chance to go down and tie the game. Or I guess, uh, I don't know if they have to go for two, if they do score a touchdown. Uh, I'd I have to, because like I said, we've not seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I hate the possibility of a tie. I hate ties in NFL games. I don't think there should ever be a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you should play until there's a winner. Uh, so, but I knew that there was, the game could still end on a defensive score. Uh, but if the Chiefs, if the Niners would have scored a touchdown, the Chiefs still had an opportunity to go down and tie it. Yeah. So I was like, it, it didn't really hit me till the, uh, Chiefs had the ball. Well, now they know they got four downs because they're going to have to go for it, you know, every fourth down and until uh, they at least get into field goal range to tie. And uh, then you're like, oh, man, the Niners should have deferred it and let the Chiefs have the ball first. Mm-hmm. But I honestly don't think there's rumors that the Niners were not that familiar with the new rules. Uh, honestly, you know, 
I, it had never happened. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, now we know. Yeah. Now we can second guess, but I bet you, I'd be willing to bet that most of the people uh, had no clue about that and would, would not have thought about what's the best strategic way to approach the new overtime rule. Because obviously if they would have, the Niners would not have wanted the ball first. Yeah. You know, well, I think there was an argument there that the reason why they decided to get the ball first was because their defense was was tired. They had just been on the field for a long period of time, and and they were trying to get um, the the Chiefs' defense. You know, mm-hmm. they had been off the field for a bit, so if they're off for a little bit longer, uh, they'd be well-rested. And so, you know, I think that they had a plan to run the ball, and they probably should have stuck to it. And, um, you know, giving it to McCaffrey, whether it be on screens or, or pass plays or, or runs, you know, he, he was on his way of being that MVP and, um, you know, they, they blew it. They also had a blocked field goal or a block uh, extra point yep. that, that probably made a big difference at the end of that game as well. But, you know, transitioning to, you know, what else the Steelers can learn. And we talked about this. We talked about the quarterback position. We talked about, you know, what what Holmes was able to do. And, and we talked about the quarterbacks in the AFC that made the playoffs and that the Steelers are probably most likely to face. Now, we, we know that the Steelers are releasing Mr. Trubisky. There were some rumors uh, this week that Mason Rudolph had basically stated out there that he's intending on getting a fresh start and that he's he's going to be um, looking elsewhere. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you believe them? Do you think they're just that rumors? Or are you, you know, thinking he's actually uh, going to be taken off pretty soon? Um, I believe there's some truth to it. I feel like he probably has said that, you know, he would like to to get a fresh start. You know, he's always been in Pittsburgh his whole career. And, and I, I don't know if it ever felt entirely like home because, you know, he didn't get a fair opportunity at times to compete mm-hmm. uh, for even the number two position, much less the starter. And there's bound to be some hard feelings there at ways. But I do know he, he, he uh, really – cares about his teammates and the coaching staff, but there's going to be a lot of changes there too, mm-hmm. especially on the offensive side of the ball. There already has been. So, uh, but it also could be part of the contract negotiations, you know, letting the Steelers know, Hey, I'm not coming back for a hometown discount. I'm not coming back to do like Trubisky did this past year. You know, I want a fair chance to start. I want to be paid money that is more in line with starters money. And so he might just kind of be sending a message to the Steelers in the process, because there's been a lot of talk about what direction Steelers are going to go for that veteran. And there's nobody they can bring back that I don't, that I know is a good fit for this offense, for the city, for the roster, like, you know, Rudolph is. So that gives him a little bit of leverage. And that statement might just be sending a subtle message. Yeah, I thought so too, and I thought that the rumors of Ryan Tannehill might be a subtle message back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, yeah, you you, yeah. you want to play the game, then then we can we have other options as well. You know, you know, all jokes aside, I think that Ryan Tannehill, you know, those were the rumors, right? That because yeah. of his you know connection to Arthur Smith, you know, Ryan Tannehill had his best years of his career under Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. You know, was the offensive coordinator during that time, and that was the, I think, the only time he was the offensive coordinator. From there, he ended up becoming the head coach in, in Atlanta. So, 
I would understand it. You know, there'd be familiar familiarity there. He probably he would know the and understand the offense, the jargon, the lingo, and he could help probably um, you know get that have that be learned to the other players on the team that much quicker. But I'm I'm not confident in a guy that's 35 years old coming in and he'll be 36, and he was just replaced by Will Levis, um, and 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 threw a fit about it. Now if he comes in. I think that that means he's going to be the starter. You know, he wanted to get out of Tennessee because he wasn't the starter. You know, what, do you think he's going to want to come here and be a backup to Kenny Pickett or any of those things? Plus, he's going to probably want a little bit more money than what Mason Rudolph is going to be asking for because he's more. He's done more. He's been to a Pro Bowl. He's won. A, he's been to an AFC Championship. Things like that. So, how? how how strong or how likely do you think that if Mason Rudolph does walk, that the next Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback could be Ryan Tannehill? Well, I, when I first started hearing the rumors weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, when they started talking, well, I'd heard, I'd heard a couple of rumors even before Arthur Smith was hired. And now with Arthur Smith being hired, it kind of makes sense in ways. Uh, I've heard multiple people that, are realistic about the situation. They're like, well, you could bring Tannehill in to be like a sounding board for Smith and help pick it and, and help uh, him transition to the offense and, you know, little uh, things that secrets that Smith likes his quarterbacks to, to do and how he wants them to, to play. But in my opinion, the whole, nobody should be assuming that Kenny Pickett is the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is, as I've said, whoever comes in, it has to be an open competition. Unless the Steelers go and put out, you know, pull out all the stops to get a proven. See, Daniel's past his prime. I mean, it's obvious. We all seen that. We've seen it last year. He is no longer a top line quality starter. I think it, he could extend his career as being a quality backup in an Arthur Smith led offense. But if but the problem is is too many people is going to be like whoever the starter is, they're going to be like if they have a bad game, well I'll go to Tannehill, go to Tannehill, yeah. Uh, and uh, because of his connection with Arthur Smith, but if you watched what Tannehill did play last year, he wasn't very effective. He's not the same quarterback because uh, he's up in age now. He's in his thirties, and his arm it seemed like his he's lost some mobility and his arms strength is weakened. Yeah. So I'm really not interested in Tannehill unless he's willing to be that second or even third string quarterback. Um, so, but I'm also not in the, the camp that I want to see Pickett come in, be the starter just cause he was a first round pick and have Tannehill be his caddy or yeah. his, you know, kind of quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Steelers are going to have decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I see the only benefit I see from Tannehill is his experience in Smith's offense and being able to pass that knowledge along. But the Steelers need more than that in the quarterback room. They don't have a position for a guy who's mainly just another coach. So I, I would rather they avoid Tannehill and bring in people I think can actually compete for the position. I agree with you. I think that's 100% true. Um, you know, Tannehill also in 
seasons past when I think they drafted Malik Willis, you know, he said that he wasn't, he wasn't there to be a coach to him or to, you know, help him Mm -hmm. progress. So I'm not sure how much of that leadership aspect he's going to fill, you know, being the new guy in a new place, obviously having that, you know, respect and understanding with the offensive coordinator, but not with anybody else. And so, like I said, I hope maybe that was just another shot back at, at Mason saying, Hey, you know, we're going to give you a fair deal. You know, he comes back saying he's got interest in a fresh start. Well, we got interest in other quarterbacks. I think that could be it, but we're going to take a quick break. We got some more breaking news that are coming out pretty quickly. And we'll get into that when we get right back, when we come back on the YouTube side, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere on, on the audio only side. We'll be back after a few words from our sponsors. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And we're back with the hangover. I'm Daniel alongside with me is Shannon. Uh, we're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about some rumors and breaking news, apparently, that just keeps coming in pretty fast. 
And, well, let's get into it. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have also released punter Presley Harvin and offensive lineman Chuksukor for. These are two positions that I think that, you know, a lot of people thought that may, may be happening. Um, how surprised are you that they're happening right now? Man, they are really uh, kind of cleaning house. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not springtime, but the Steelers are doing some spring cleaning. Yeah. Um, Harvin, it's pastime. I think we all agree. You know, he's had two seasons to, you know, kind of clean up his form. Um, the, I, I don't know if it's a Danny Smith problem or what, but the Steelers punters always struggle. And then when they, towards the end of the year, to me, he signed his release note when he said that I focus on energy, not on fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to have good energy before he kicked the ball. And I'm like, oh, man. I mean, because his drops were all over the place. He wasn't physically fit. His belly got in the way and he couldn't see the ball when he struck it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's shaking it all over the field. So that was a given. And a core for whatever he said. And that was before Canada left. And I think he said something to the likes of, as long as you keep doing the same stuff, you're going to get the same results. And and they said Tomlin hurt him. So <laughs> his butt hit the pine, and he never sniffed getting off of it. So uh, it doesn't shock me, um, because I think you're talking about guys that are untradeable. Yeah. And I think the Steelers just wanted to have a fresh start and, they're cleaning house. <clears throat> Do you think Dan Moore is safe? You know, it depends. Um, I do not see him as a right tackle either. Now, I know that people have suggested that he could go to right tackle and be effective. Uh, the Steelers know far more than I. They're off with, you know, Meyer and those guys uh, know whether they think he could do that. I've heard people say maybe move to guard. But to me, Samalu and Daniels is your two best linemen. I don't want to mess with that. You mm-hmm. you got a stronger tier if you get a good center in there. And we know that Jones can play either side, but I think he is a left tackle. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be better on the left side. So, but more you can bring back is a quality backup with experience because he's had a lot of starts over there, and he's took a lick and it kept on ticking. So uh, I don't think that they'll they'll cut more like this, but a core for whatever he said, it pissed Tomlin off to this point. Yeah, yeah. So for I don't know how true it is. The, what I heard uh, through a bunch of different places was that uh, Cheeks had they were calling running plays uh, within two minutes while the Steelers were down by ten, and I think he said something to the effect like, "If you're going to be calling these type of plays, might as well kneel the ball." And, yeah, I heard similar. Yeah, yeah, and then that's why they 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 took him out and um, and then replaced him with Broderick Jones. As far as Presley Harvin, I think that the uh, the writing was on the wall when the guy without a hamstring punted further than him. <laughs> you know, it's so true. Yes, <laughs> you know when you're when you're getting out punted by a guy who who, who tore his hamstring, you, you, it's time to it's time to go elsewhere. You yep. know, amen. You, you learn to kick in the cold or. I don't know. I mean, it, it, maybe the NFL isn't for you, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because he has a lot of potential, you know, during the summertime, during the spring training camp in dome settings, the guy can launch it. 
you know, but, you know, once it starts to get cold and the season gets long, the inconsistency becomes consistent and the, um, you know, the shorter, the shorter punts keep coming out. Yeah. I'm glad, you know, the Steelers made that move. I think that this is a statement move saying, Hey, you know, first day after the Super Bowl, boom, you guys are gone. We're going to get, we're going to get somebody else. When it comes to the punting position, do you think that Steelers are going to address it in free agency or do you think they go back to the draft to pick up another punter? I honestly don't follow the punting position well enough to know who's coming out of college and, and who's available for each. I really don't. Yeah, um, me either. I, all I want the punter to do is, well, nowadays he's got to be a good holder, and Harvin did a good job at that. I give him credit. But he's got to consistently help field position. That yeah. is the whole job of the kicker is to, you know, one, you got to have a quick release nowadays uh, because – you know, you can't be one of them slow-footed punters. It don't work. But you have to be able to outkick the coverage sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I thought Harvin was going to do great. I really did. I thought he'd at least mix in some boomers in there. Yeah. But it just seldom happened. And when he did hit a, a big, big one, it was never in an important moment. It was just like a normal part of the game. You're not even focusing on it. And you're like, wow, I was a 60-yarder. But usually when you needed one, you're backed up in your end zone. And you needed him to kick the ball, and, you know, keep your, them on the other side of the field. That's when he shake one. Yeah, he was he was consistently inconsistent, mm-hmm. and that's not a good. I mean, the Steelers are such a loyal franchise, and they give people chance after chance. I can't think of another place in the NFL that would have give him two years to try to figure it out. I don't either. I mean. Even at that, I mean, I don't know anybody who would have gone into that, you know, that playoff game against Buffalo with Presley Harvin, given his recent track history in those recent games leading up to it. Yep. You know, they had a acquired Brad Wing, I believe, on the uh, practice squad. They could have elevated him or or even have done this mm-hmm. at that point, cut Presley, put in, a, um, you know, Wing and had a better showing than what they had, in my opinion. But the one thing that I will say that I'm pretty – I don't want to say sad, but I wish I could have seen was I thought he was going to throw the ball, you know, never happened. happened. (laughs) You know, that was part of his, you know, his hype video when it came to him getting drafted, you know, he's throwing a 60, 70 yard ball down the sideline and uh, it never happened. So we'll see if he uh, gets picked up elsewhere. I think that somebody will eventually will. When you're a punter that's getting drafted, he's probably going to get another opportunity. Uh, Chiefs core four, probably the same thing as well. Um, you know, now these are positions that have to be filled. You know, for me, as far as the punting position, you know, there, there is that guy, uh, Matt Ariza. I know he has some baggage with him. The punt god. Yeah, the punt god. Yeah. But but apparently, you know, if you follow the case, he um, it found out that he wasn't involved at all. I guess they had video of him somewhere else when uh, she had alleged that he was involved in something. And. So with that being said, if if, he, if there's video of him elsewhere, you know why not bring him in? Bring him in for for an opportunity. If if you know he was a if he was a victim of somebody, I'm not going to say it's a false accusation. Maybe perhaps a misidentification, and and bring in somebody like that. Uh, as far as the offensive lineman goes, you know that's going to be a position of of interest. I'm not sure you know what free agents are going to be out there for the right right tackle position. Um, but but what about what do you think about that position? Is that going to be addressed through the draft or free agency? 
Well, now, Reza, I want to comment on him real quick. Uh, <clears throat> there was a punter I did pay attention to when he was at college because mm-hmm. he could place kick, too. And he's just got a lot of talent kicking the football. And uh, it's a shame that what happened to him, uh, which it sounds like it was fabricated 100%. Um, and I think it's even been admitted to since then. Uh, but the damage can be done. I think a team like the Steelers with some of their past history probably didn't want to reach out and try to be interested in him because they don't want to, you know, they don't want any more of the uh, drama. But if the man is innocent, I think he deserves a chance. I think somebody needs to give him a chance. And the Steelers have need at punter. So I'm like you. I mean, give the guy an invite, see what he can do. Um, as far as Chooks, uh, in the right tackle situation, if you can, if you're a team that just isn't very physical, and you don't rely on your offensive lineman to be very physical, a core four can work because he's just not intense. You cannot make him mean. You cannot make him mad. I keep thinking it's going to come out. We're going to see it eventually, but he's just not that way. It surprised me he even said what he said because he's so such a laid back personality. And I think that's always going to hinder him. Uh, I'm not as impressed with the right ta- tackles in free agency. There's really nobody I'm, I can say, well, there's an instant upgrade. Uh, there's uh, uh, Beckman. I think I'm Beckman, probably butchering his name from mm-hmm. the Jets, uh, who's is, is been an underachiever. He was a top 10 draft pick, and he's never lived up to that, but he's a massive human being who would be a good fit on the right side at tackle. If you, but now I th- I'm afraid that his cost, because there's not much out there this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm much more inclined to see the Steelers go draft pick. Uh, I would like to see, honestly, a first round pick on a tackle and a second round pick on the center. Because for Arthur Smith's offense to be effective, he has to have, that offensive line. And there's uh, Fiaga, uh, there's Mims, uh, there's Latham. There's multiple guys this year in the first round of the draft that I think you come in and start for the Steelers at right tackle. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with all the tackles in the draft. Um, I, I think that the, you can probably get one. In, in the later rounds, if you're if you're looking at the right side, I don't think it's a necessarily a, a move you have to make in the in the first round. Um, you know, I'm not sure if the you know the Steelers are going to go tackle tackle you know two two years in a row. Um, but I do think that the center position is a is a is a high position to need. I think yes. when you do have a Dan Moore and you do have a um, you know a Broderick Jones who can play on the right side, that kind of gives you a little bit more of a leeway to maybe perhaps address the center position before you address the tackle position. And, you know, that I, I think that maybe perhaps they go defensive line in the first round, which, which would make sense. I think, I mean, I think you need somebody else to help out Keanu Benton. Um, he's going to be a guy that's coming up. Cam Hayward. I'm sure they're going to restructure him. He, he's indicated that he wants to come back. I don't think the Steelers are going to cut him. Um, do you think he's going to get a restructure, a deal? How do you think the Cam Hayward situation is going to work out? Well, I know that Colbert kicked the can down the road for so long 
And then when the pandemic hit and, you know, the salary cap was reduced, the Steelers were in the worst. But, yeah, I think that, you know, the con and company do not want to kick the can down the road. Mm -hmm. They they do not want void years. Mm -hmm. But this is an unusual situation. You've come to the end of a contract with a guy of Cam Hayward's stature where you're going to be on the line for paying him far more than he's worth by his performance last year. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't – I'm not talking about his value off the field, but on the field he was not a difference maker. And he's due $22 million. That's difference maker money. So what can the Steelers do? Well, everybody talks about they can add a void year and spread it out uh, to where it wouldn't be such a huge hit this year. Uh, And I feel like that's what they're going to do. Because I'd rather see Cam take a uh, restructure and for less money, but he's that said he refuses to do that. And he just won Walter Payton Man of the Year, well deserved, very proud of him. But that's what he does off the field and on the field. But on the field this year was a down year for Cam Hayward. He's a great player, but he wasn't this year. And he's only going to be older next year. And once those injuries start, a lot of times it hinders guys in the latter part of their career. So uh, I think you'll see a a void year added, but I don't think that's going to be a habit with the Steelers moving forward. Yeah, I think that's possible too. You know, I don't think the Steelers are just going to, you know, cut him and, and, and that's going to be the end of it. Or, Mm -hmm. or I don't think he's going to take a pay cut. He's already, like you said, emphasize that that wasn't going to happen. You know, but I, I do think that the Steelers are a loyal organization and they're going to to stick with him. And um, as long as he wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. I mean, like I said, you know, congratulations to him on being the uh, Walter Payton uh, of the Year Award, or getting the Walter Payton of the Year Award. Um, that, that was a great accomplishment from him. And um, <clears throat> but going back to, uh, you know, to the draft and to and to the offense here, um what other moves do you think are next? Who else is going to be next to to fall down as being cut? Who's the next casualty? I was kind of shocked that Allen Robertson wasn't involved in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what Allen Robertson was paid, but I do know what he's due. And he, they brought him in to be a locker room leader and example, and they thought he could be that tough third-down slot guy. He just don't have it anymore. I don't think anybody would argue that. Uh, Allen Robertson is not the player he once was. And I believe that uh, he is definitely going to be released. Um, if, if you'd asked me who would be the first three guys to be released, we talked about it on our Pump Your Breaks podcast. Mm-hmm. We all agreed. Trubisky, core Four, and Allen Robertson. We weren't even thinking about Harvin. Uh, being one of the first, but uh, but I think Allen Robertson could be next. Good deal. I think that, and I agree with Steeler Lee, uh, Levi Wallace, potentially one of the guys that could be next uh, yeah. to to see, to be out of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization and to be looking elsewhere. But have you uh, heard the rumor? What's the rumor that? is the Steelers want him back. Really? I can't imagine it. I mean, I don't know who the rumor, who started the rumor. might have been Levi Wallace's agent, but 
but I, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. not want him. I don't want him part of that cornerback room next year. Right. Yeah, and he meet me either. I, I don't either. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers need to address that position with somebody with speed. You know, yes. I think that uh, that's one of the things that they're lacking when it comes to the secondary right now is, is the speed aspect. I think Mika Fitzpatrick is probably going to be your guy that has the speed outside of him. Everybody else is, you know, four five ish, if not four oh, six. Best. Yeah, Wallace yeah. can't run a four five. Who's that? He run a Wallace. Oh, no. He ran a four six something coming out of Alabama, and he ain't yeah. got faster. <laughs> no, no, he has not gone faster. I mean, there's reasons why he's going to be. Um, what do you call it? Uh, there's reasons why he was a walk on. There's reasons why he wasn't drafted, and that has to do a lot with it. Oh yeah, you know? <clears throat> um, I think the Steelers need to get another cornerback. That should be something of high priority. I wouldn't think first rounder unless somebody tremendous falls. Right, and and that's the best player available because I think that's where the Steelers need to go this year in the draft. This best player available, yeah. um, obviously, you know, relative to their needs, but they really should target the best player, uh, given the, especially the the amount of holes that they have. And one, well, me and me and you have talked some already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want them to address this offensive line situation because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you really want Arthur Smith and whoever the quarterback is to have a chance. They've got running backs. They got all. There's. They got to change the wide receivers because you got to have bigger body receivers in Arthur Smith's system. So they need to address wide receiver for sure, a free agent and a draft pick. So they only got so many picks. So that's why I'm thinking like I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had a guy, they seem to like Quentin uh, Mitchell from. Um, uh, shoot, I can't think of where he played in college. But he's like the number one cornerback guy. Tomlin showed interest in him. I would rather see the Steelers go for a sure thing and go for one of the top two or three, uh, like Johnson from the Bears, uh, uh, you know, Swede from last night from the 49ers. He's going to be available. Uh, And then there's another guy. They need those guys to come in and immediately start across from Joey Porter Jr. because, as you say, the secondary was just too slow. But if you have Porter Jr., you have that free agent, you have Trice, hopefully, can't count on him, but have Trice, have um, Rush, Darius Rush, from last year who worked in and out a little bit. That's the makings of a good quarterback room. So, and I just think that that's somewhere they, as you said, center, and cornerback have to be upgraded. Yeah, and I think one of the other positions is middle linebacker. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of holes on this team. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there sure is. And, you know, the middle linebacker position, I'm not sure, you know, how Hol- Cole Holcomb's, if he's going to be coming back from his injury. I haven't heard anything how he's doing in rehab. But that was or any nasty. Of those things. Yeah, it was not a – It was nasty. Was, yeah. It was a nasty injury. You know, those are, those are the injuries that, you know, can – can really hurt a player's career if he can't get back to the uh, level that he was prior to the injury. And then, you know, the Steelers are going to be stuck with with the middle linebacker position with a, as a big hole as well. I don't think Quan Alexander is going to be coming back. He's gotten his second Achilles tendon rupture, um, one on each leg now. And so – That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not good. And, and, you know, he came back from the first one. You know, he was a 
a productive member for the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker crew. In fact, you know, some would argue while he was in there, he was probably or maybe the best middle linebacker that the Steelers had all around, you know, able yeah. to cover, tackle and, and put his face in the pile. Um, you know, I think that position needs to be addressed. I would hope that they address it with youth. I think they may be this past year and, and the last maybe couple of years have been an example of or a lesson to the Pittsburgh Steelers that when you go and get these guys that have been in the league for a little bit longer, you know, given the the nature of the physicality of the position, that durability is going to be an issue, especially if you have an offense that, you know, struggles to maintain possession of the ball. Yep. Um, so I'm thinking they probably need to address that with the draft. I'm going to look at who's available and who's out there. Uh, but off the top of your head or, or, or in your mind, would you prefer that one to be addressed by the draft, free agency, or or you you want to see what Cole Holcomb can do when he, you know, have him come back? Well, <clears throat> I've talked about it pretty extensively in some recent articles. Um, the Steelers have got to find their next young alpha stud in the middle. Uh, they All their great defenses down through the years have always had that guy. And they don't. And with Shazier's tragic injury, uh, they have not had that guy. Vince Williams was the last guy they actually drafted and developed. And he developed into a solid, if one-dimensional player. Since then, they've tried everything. They've went, you know, moved up in the draft to get Devin White, uh, Bush, who was the wrong Devin. And they took a guy who played like a small safety. Uh, he, he was just not the answer, as we've seen. They've drafted other guys in the later round to try to do a catch lightning in a bottle again, like they did with Williams, but they haven't been able to develop anybody. So finally, the store's like, we've had enough of this. So they bring in Holcomb and Alexander and uh, uh, Roberts. And I was happy with that. But you say, Ben, these guys are so good. Why are they available? Well, they're available because they're injury prone. You know, these are veteran guys that are injury prone. And sure enough, right there in the middle of the season, Holcomb was playing his best football, and he was starting with Alexander. That was the best the inside linebacker position had looked for the Steelers in years. And sure enough, two weeks in a row, one goes down with friendly fire. Holcomb, yeah, that leg ain't supposed to be in like that, folks. Mm -mm. And that scares me for his future. And then Alexander, as you said, Tore the other Achilles. And it was hard enough to come back from one. So um, Roberts was consistent all year, but he battled injuries, which when you're that style of player, you know, he's knocking people out. I mean, he puts he brings the load when he comes. But those guys get injured more often. So that's why you need that young guy. So I'm like you. I'd like to see an early pick in the first three rounds at least um, and this is not the year, though. Last year, there was a lot of free agents the Steelers could have went after. And they, they went cheaper because they had so many needs. So now you have injuries to the top two. So, again, you're looking. But this year ain't deep at middle linebacker or inside linebacker. This free agents class. And the draft class is varied. You have some guys that are one-dimensional. 
which is not really what the Steelers need. So you're going to have to take a chance. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it seems like the years the Steelers are really looking for one position. Like this year, we could say center, cornerback, inside linebacker. It's not strong years in free agency or the draft for the those positions. Um, the center, there's three top guys in the draft, and the Steelers need to get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. The Steelers definitely need to get, you know, the trenches going again, you know, offensively, defensively, the middle linebacker position. There's a cornerback position. Everybody's been talking about the quarterback position. Some people have been indicating that they need another wide receiver. A lot of holes, a lot of holes. Also, they definitely forget, need a receiver. <laughs> strong safety as well to help out with Minka. So, um, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting off season. You know, they're already making moves, you know, uh, cutting some people already. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers start making other moves to sign some of their free agents that, of their own that they can sign now at this point. Um, I'd be interested in seeing that. Um, you know, before we let everybody go, and I, I want you to tell us, you know, about what you have going on. I know you have pump your brakes and stuff, but one of the questions I keep seeing in the live chat is, you know, were, were you breakdancing with the, with the homies during the halftime show? I don't know what what they're talking about about that. Uh, now, now Tate and Big G are far better dancers than I am, so they might have been cutting a rug. I don't know. Uh, I could dance a jig, you know. I am part Irish, so, uh, but but as far as the break dancing, no, I would actually break something if I tried to do that. So. That is awesome. That is awesome. You're going to be on the hang uh, on the on Pumpy Breaks on Wednesday. Do you have anything coming out on the on the website? Yeah, well, I'm working on a, a, an article uh, how the Steelers need to seek safety this offseason. And it's a little bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek title, but this, as you mentioned there about some of the needs, the Steelers definitely need a strong safety. And Quint tried to force poor uh, Fitzpatrick to, to be everything on the back end of that defense. He, he needs his help back. Uh, somebody said bring back Terrell Edmonds. I'm all for it. I'm afraid they burned a lot of bridges and insulted him by not giving him what he wanted, uh, which all he wanted was some stability, two to three year contract, and they refused to do it. So, uh, but you never know what can happen. But I definitely would like to see uh, a strong safety come to town because we need one. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I definitely do think that as well. I'd like to see Minka go back to being that ball hawk and really, yes. you know, see him making those splash plays that we're used to and accompanied um, by seeing. Well, guys, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, please uh, hit that like button and subscribe button if you hadn't done so already. Uh, but we're out of here. With that being said, Shannon, take us out.